Listen. Hello and welcome to NBC IGN's Nintendo Podcast. We will be talking about a ton of Nintendo stuff this week, including the amazing Nintendo Switch sales, Nintendo movies, the wonderful 101, and really a whole lot more. And this week I am joined by Zach Ryan. Hey, what's up? Per Snyder. A young George Lucas. And Brian Altano. An old George Lucas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Guys, thank you. Is that you? No, I have no oh, idea. It's not funny to say. <laughs> thank you, everyone, so much for joining me. I really like your sweatshirt, Zach. Hey, thanks. I think it's great. It's wonderful. He just thank got you. it from our IGN store. And That's classified information. Yeah. Is it? You just outed me. It hasn't launched. It hasn't launched yet? No. Well, no. it will. Really? Soon. Soon. Top and we secret might, news on we Nintendo might Voice have chat. NBC shirts, maybe, possibly. This was, this was not some planned promo. That was just Casey. No, that was just me doing it, yeah. doing the thing. I'm, I don't know. I'm excited to get sweatshirts take it up, and stuff. Take it up with Justin Davis. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Justin Davis, the you store master. You signed an master. NDA, Casey. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I did? No better than that. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Casey's last episode on NBC. I, I'm yeah. just going to get canned. I did, I did have a nightmare last night that I came here to do the show, and none of you were here, and none of you showed up, and then Janet passed by, and I was like, Janet, do the show with me, and she was like, no, and she left. Wow. Wow, that actually did not happen, thankfully. It didn't happen at all. It was all wow. a dream. But you know what isn't a dream is that the Nintendo Switch has sold more than the Super Nintendo and Xbox Good segue. <laughs> she doesn't even need us. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. Okay, keep going. So... Nintendo has released their financial report as of the end of last year. And since then, they have sold 52.48 million Nintendo Switch units. It's a lot of Switches. And that is more than Super Nintendo's 49 million and possibly more than Xbox One. It's a fun fact. I drove most of those sales. It's, it was all It was all. Uh-huh. I pre-ordered the Animal Crossing one. Did you really? I did. But we'll talk about that later. <laughs> of course. He'd come. Brian. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, no, he needs well, a joy. It's just it, it's got that minty fresh look on his new joy GM money. Mm. Uh-huh. Anyway, that's a lot of switches in very little time. It is, and I know uh, a little over five million of those switches were uh, Nintendo Switch lights. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether to consider that as impressive or not. I mean, that's super impressive because that just came out in September, right? right? So that's five yeah. million units in six months. That's and major, major. And a lot of those I'm, are probably. I'm talking customers. smack, but I, I bought three switches. Oh, that's right. Now I that you think it, about it, right? I bought one at launch. And yeah. I How much it. money do you guys have? I got <laughs> all, one switch and all I like of it. it. I bought all I bought a, a switch at launch and I traded it in for the switch with the longer battery life and then uh-huh. I bought a switch light. So I'm on my third switch. Yeah. Or fourth if you count the one that uh, died. Yeah. Right. Oh. I forgot about that one. Let's have a moment of silence. I um wow <laughs> that was a really move. Move. <laughs> remember I gave some switches to my my kids. Uh, Is that time for a moment of silence? He's got to talk about all six of his switches. Hey, so that was I, my, my I, point half a second of fame or whatever. I, I, I just talking about the the breakdown between core switch and the uh, and the light. I was expecting the light to be bigger because I thought they I thought. You know, the audience of kind of younger players who were waiting to upgrade from the 3DS to a new handheld was bigger around Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, but hopefully, I mean, I hope more people get steered towards the proper Switch with, uh, you know, the dockable format mm-hmm. and the Joy-Con. I want Joy-Con forever, of course. Sure, of course. Um, so I, I was expecting that number to be higher. But overall, I mean, the sales number is just really good. It passed the Super Nintendo. You think you think 5 million in six months isn't uh, an impressive number? No, it's good. It's good. I was... I was expecting the holiday business to almost all be the light just oh. because it's cheaper and it was so promoted with Pokemon and you I, know. I, I don't know. I think like the, the switch light to me is still sort of an enigma because I understand the audience that it wants to attract. Mm-hmm. But to me, the, the one of the biggest draws about having a switch is the ability to like plug it into my TV and be a competitive console with my PlayStation and then take it on the road and you know use it in a handheld mode at yep. using the same unit so uh i i think form factor wise the switch light is very cool but i would always choose a switch that is switchable over mm-hmm. that yeah. and I, we've had we this do. discussion before yeah. on the show but well, like yeah for me it's i you know i have a family and we play games like we're playing luigi's mansion co-op right after i finished the single player and so nintendo has always been really good at creating couch co-op experiences mm-hmm. and it's really tough to play smash brothers on a tiny screen like of that course. even if you buy the extra add-on yeah. controllers right so i always see this one as the main line and then just the other one is the little travel size one. I, I love my Switch Lite. I used it almost exclusively for probably three months straight, and I've like slowly transitioned back to my huh. my one that's plugged in my TV. Um, but I do think that 
in the long tail of all of this, it will be a pretty big error on their part to not have any sort of TV out capability on that thing. Mm -hmm. Because I do think that like there is that momentary thing where it's like, yes, this is an awesome handheld. The form factor is phenomenal. I love playing games on it. But yeah, like there, it does take that extra half a step to upload my save to the cloud. And like obviously total first world problem. Right. But like just that complete inability to switch back and forth. It it means that like even something like ring fit, when I go to play that, um, I don't, I'll never even put that. I don't even think you can put that on, I mean, you can. You can yeah. play it, you but you have to, like, prop it up and, like, yeah. Yeah. You have to get an extra yeah. joy-con and I know it and- Janet tried to play it on the regular screen, I think, when she was on vacation recently. And she said it's, it was kind of difficult. Right. Especially if you don't already know the exercises and the movements, I think, is when it becomes when it difficult tough. because it's kind of hard to see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've, I've, I've been waiting for a Switch Pro. I didn't buy a Switch Lite because I was hoping that they would have an upgraded version of the Switch and I would be able to buy that. But Nintendo also said that there is no Switch Pro planned for 2020. And specifically, uh, the president, Furukawa, said no plans to launch a new Nintendo Switch model during 2020. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, so I guarantee you there's theories. a Switch. I guarantee you there's a Switch Pro model coming the next year, the following yeah, year. Yeah. I think Nintendo knows that... I mean, we, we, we know on the show that they are... Uh, sort of pioneers of iterative platforming, right? Like they they kind of drew up the roadmap of being like, okay, we, we have this thing and we're just going to make it slightly better or slightly different mm-hmm. and resell it to you. Um, I think that a Switch Pro is, is a no-brainer and I think that they're going to give themselves the distance from uh, PS5 and Xbox Series X to make sure that they have the that their their customers have the cash in hand yeah. to purchase that system when it comes out. I think it, exactly because like the, because it's so obvious is, is exactly why they won't do it. Because <laughs> they are just so like weirdly diagonal with the thing like you always expect them like any other company you'd be like, "Oh, make a more powerful version of the thing you have so we can port over next gen games to it super easily." But I have a feeling they're going to be like, "Yeah, but what if it did this and just uh-huh. go completely sideways yeah. with it and yeah. we're going to be like completely caught off guard and it's going to split the base again and for some people they're <laughs> going to be upset about it for some people they're going to love it. Right. So some some of our viewers are suspicious because the last time Nintendo said absolutely not we don't have another piece of hardware coming out they released the Switch Lite that yeah. year, right? So right. there I I think it's healthy to always be skeptical. It does feel like the wrong thing this year because putting a more powerful Switch up against two very very powerful consoles launching seems like that's going to be a crowded market and they're better off competing on price with the original model and just having an incredibly sexy game like a like a new zelda for example for the holidays like that to me seems to be a better strategy if if i were nintendo i would be more worried about significant price drops on ps4 and xbox one this this holiday than i would about going head to head with like a 600 dollars console they're they're competing with that too and again like they got to 52 million units sold they're halfway to the install base of the wii and the PlayStation 4, which obviously is going to continue to sell, but like that's a really big milestone. They passed the Xbox One. We haven't seen actual data in a long time. Estimates, though, put them under 50 million, you know, mm-hmm. and like, like probably the mid to upper 40 millions for the Xbox One uh, and, and the Xbox One X and S. Um, that's really impressive. And I, it doesn't look like they've plateaued yet. So they're probably banking on this year as being another up year for them. Yeah. Right. As, as for Switch Lite, I'm surprised we didn't see an Animal Crossing version of it. We saw one for the regular Switch. Well, um, now you know why. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. odd. It, it's oh, also you mean at the same time announced? Yeah. yeah. Like, totally. I, I, we're a month away from that game coming out. And that would have been that to me, that's a, it makes perfect sense because that is an audience like, casual gamers and kids will will jump onto that franchise and I, I say that as a huge fan of it um and we didn't see one with zelda even though Link's awakening coincided with it i think you could have sold a couple million more just having like a gold hyrule I, edition on day I one i think i can explain I that i might have bought that one yeah right so <laughs> yeah. the philosophy behind pokemon is you play this game you you are on the go and you trade with friends and i think nintendo just took this franchise and moved it from a handheld to a handheld hybrid console mm-hmm. and so they they probably thought of pokemon as being the perfect game to showcase the switch Lite. whereas animal crossing they always designed 
designed as a center point for the living room. And with that, some of the, the limitations of the one save file and all of that, where it's like, it's supposed to be the center of the house. You have three kids or whatever, and everybody plays on this one screen. And when, when the next person jumps in and goes into the village, they'll discover what the previous person did, which is harder to do with kind of like a handheld console concept. No, that yeah, that is, that, you're yeah. right. No, you're totally yeah. right. What were going to say? That's where Animal Crossing came from. Then it became a handheld uh, show pony. But it dominated as a handheld show pony. Yeah. A handheld I, that, show pony sounds like an animal that lives in there. I, yeah. I feel like when I think of Animal Crossing, <laughs> like I equate it to a handheld franchise as much as I do with Pokemon. Right. Like, I, I played Animal Crossing on other platforms, but I spent the most, like, exponentially more time with New Leaf than yeah. I did with any other Animal Crossing. Like, to me, that's the definitive version of that game. I mean, aside from the, the spin-off games that basically put the the death nail into Amiibo on Wii U, yeah. uh, the, you know, the... the what was it, party. Amiibo Party? Yeah, Amiibo yeah. Party. Um, and then Happy Home Designer. Right. The, this has ba- basically been a, a handheld franchise for since since yeah. the Nintendo Wii. Watch, you know? they're going to reposition it as what it originally was, was this kind of center point for your family at home, where, every, like, the, the, I remember the... Um, you know the original uh, Dobutsu no Mori uh, when it when it came out. You know it was uh, on the N sixty four. The commercials, the Japanese commercials, were all about like this handoff from mom to daughter to kid. It was really cool. Have I been playing it wrong this whole time? Yeah. I never want anybody touching my village. Yeah, like, I don't. Oh, really? I never had that experience because I'm an it's, only child. Like that's I, the problem. I had right? a, <laughs> maybe that's it. I had a roommate. No, it must be the whole world that's wrong. <laughs> I had a roommate, and we both lived in the same town in the game. And it was really funny because like I would wake up early and make a pot of coffee and like get all the fish and all the bugs and all the mm-hmm. cool treasures around town and he would like stumble and hung over and be like can i play and i'd be like yeah but this is the town's beat for today man <laughs> yeah, remember the n64 there. and gamecube were not systems that you played online right yeah. no. so the entire concept of those games was you play in one village and the village is this persistent space that you invite people to but they had to physically be at your house well there's been like a lot of sort of like I don't I don't know if like it's disappointment or anger or whatever it is around the fact that you can basically only have one island per console. Yes. Which means that there's like families who maybe do want to have their own town or their own island mm-hmm. and they can't. Um, which I guess plays into what you're saying. That's exactly it. But it seems like a bizarre decision because it that would it's ultimately going to take a lot of hardware dollars out of their pockets, you know? So I I agree it is annoying in a way. That they do this limitation, but that's probably a topic for later, right? Isn't yep, it? Yeah. it is. We'll be talking more <laughs> we'll about wait. Animal Crossing. <laughs> Scooping we'll ourselves wait. here. Yeah, we're doing it. But hey, uh, would Animal Crossing make a good movie? Because Miyamoto wants more Nintendo movies. Specifically, he said, we should bring more Nintendo content to the field of video making during an investors meeting translated by Silicon Era. Um, Miyamoto was originally against making more Nintendo movies, but after porting so many old games so many times, he thought movies might give them more longevity. Longevity? Longevity. Um, longevity. Yeah. <sighs> I still can't talk today. It's Mike, okay. okay. It's been a hard time. <laughs> but he it's not that he specifically wanted to make, for example, a Mario movie. It's that making a Mario movie would expose more people to the IP and then maybe make, get more interested in the games, like very obviously. And he also said they don't separate their IP development strategy. Like they don't huh. have... If it's Mario, regardless if they're talking about cartoons or movies or games or whatever it's all combined i think i just think this is like such an interesting quote from from him specifically because i feel like even as recently as like my time at ign on nintendo voice chat we talked about how how nintendo was not interested in doing this exact thing with their Mm -hmm. properties remember i think it was around the time that there was that rumored legend of zelda like series netflix Netflix series that we had a conversation that was like Nintendo's not interested in in turning their IP into serialized mm. franchises and things like that. And like this is such a complete 180 from that for like Miyamoto himself to be like, "Oh, actually, you know what? This is a great medium to introduce these characters to a whole different set of people that might not have been it." Like in the same way that the original Smash Brothers introduced me to like a bunch of Nintendo characters that I was unfamiliar with at the time. Like this is an o- excellent opportunity to be like, "Okay, well we'll make these movies for kids that like Minions, for kids that like Pixar films, and then they'll say like, oh, this Mario guy seems pretty cool. We should check out the rest of his stuff. Yeah, I, there was like a brief window in the sort of Wii U era where uh, I would say seven out of ten of the most popular video game franchises on Earth were, were not on, uh, on, on Wii U. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think there was like an entire new generation that was sort of just like, like when, when, a, when something like the Wii U doesn't do well or the 3DS numbers slump a little bit, that's bad for Nintendo for a few years. But that's also bad in creating new versions of people like us <laughs> who are like children that grew up with these recognizable characters and IPs that had, you know, nostalgia for them for decades. Like we all love Zelda and Mario because we grew up with them. Sure do. You know? And it's yeah. like, I, I wonder what that world would be like if you don't, if you don't have some sort of representation of those characters in your upbringing. You I, f- know? I feel like it's really, you know, the, the story you describe, everything goes back to the bad Mario movie, right? Yeah. Nintendo was really worried about <laughs> Look, movies let's not based, say things that we can't take back. Movies based on their <laughs> franchise because of that specific movie and how powerless they felt with the direction and being able to kind of derail Hollywood, right? If you watch the movie The Player, it's like this perfect example where like a young bright-eyed director has an idea and then you can see how it's being kind of bastardized and turned into this horrible hor- Hollywood movie. And I, I think Nintendo experienced that firsthand and was really gun-shy. And then at the same time, what happened with comic book movies didn't happen with game movies. There was nobody who um, showed the template that the MCU did or even Tim Burton early on, right? Where How you turn a comic book character into a movie. Right. Yeah. And so they needed somebody to do it. And honestly, we don't talk about this much, but the Angry Birds movie made money. Oh. Right? It made enough money to garner a sequel for sure. Yeah. yeah. So those, like, not... not actually like big zeitgeist moments if they made money and then the pokemon movie detective pikachu became the top oh, grossing video game movie of all time i mean detective pikachu couldn't have been more of a home run like yep. that that movie well it could have made a billion but it, well um, sure you know. but i mean it, it made an insane amount of money and yeah. also was so overwhelmingly positively reviewed like, yeah. mm-hmm. i thought i heard some people were disappointed at how it performed. Like it performed extremely well, but not as well as they had hoped. I think right. there was hope that it would be the one to really break the curse. It, it passed like uh, the Tomb Raiders to uh, in Mortal Kombat to be the top-grossing game movie, but it didn't. It didn't beat five hundred million worldwide, for example. And people, I think, were expecting that based on the franchise. Right. But that said, so now I think Nintendo looks at also their core business as being a little bit more narrative driven than they used to. Like if you watch sure. the Fire Emblem cutscenes, they're gorgeous, right? They're really well crafted. They look good, and you could imagine them just taking this approach with an anime series. And oh god, so, I would love a Fire, Fire Emblem, Emblem anime. anime. It's yeah. all tea drinking. Up. So yeah. good before Zelda. God, I love it. But um, Zelda is harder to do because yeah. of the quiet protagonist, I think. Yeah, like Fire Emblem already has established characters and personas. And- oh, I know. I play Smash Brothers. They're all in there. <laughs> <laughs> all 40 of them. You know them you all. Know all about them. I just, yeah, I just feel like I, I, I would just really, really love like a... a really well done animated yeah. Zelda mm-hmm. show. And then there was already an F-Zero movie called Speed Racer, so we have that one. Yeah, actually. <laughs> that was totally looked like it. Ooh, actually, that's, actually, that's based on a different IP. Yeah. Oh, a, a fun mm-hmm. fact. Really? Oh, yeah. Fun fact. A lot of people don't know that about Speed Racer, but not an original Wachowski's uh, production. That yeah. was uh, based on an old oh, uh, cartoon. I thought, I thought he was making a joke. Oh, yeah. I, th- I thought you were I'm making definitely a making a joke. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, was I was like, no, it's it's based on the cartoon. What are getting, you talking about? <laughs> um, I wonder if they're sort of like watching, not literally, but watching from afar how the Sonic movie will perform this Valentine's I'm, I'm Day. I'm interested. I think that I think I think that Sonic movie is going to be a home run. I really? think that, I think really? it's going to be a box office smash. Yeah. Really? I think Especially it's going to be a big they deal. Fixed it. I think yeah. it could go either way. But so yeah. we Wrecked Ralph I think was more um was another good success that we I think covered gave it in the show on IGN.com like the Sonic movie had sold pre-sale tickets I th- I want to say $43 million worth of pre-sale tickets for opening weekend and Detective Pikachu sold around <laughs> 50 to 52 million so it's within that same ballpark okay. like it's it's lining up to be like a pretty smashing success um man i'm wow. curious so i mean i think it's definitely like gonna you think maybe not be a great film rocket mm-hmm. to the finish line do you think it has legs i think it will well go fast <laughs> yeah do you think it'll break the sound barrier gotta go fast so i have a question for you guys so we know these movies are coming out but what do you think would be the best nintendo ip that would become a movie adaption and the worst <laughs> okay um fire emblem best honestly because it's it's like it is every anime series out there it's like the relationship the banter the battle the crazy dragons all that stuff i think that one is really the most perfect one that is the easiest to do and not muck up um i think uh Metroid best uh, in the style of Netflix's Castlevania series where it's like no, uh, a, a more action driven anime and less like mm-hmm. 
Like, not that Castlevania isn't character-focused, but yeah. Uh, and I think worse, uh, Mario Tennis. Nobody I, wants a Mario Tennis movie. <laughs> I think Metroid would totally work as like a, a Mandalorian-style show where yeah. they shoot it on those giant televisions. That's a better comparison. Where she's carrying like, a baby Metroid. Yeah, I think that's a better no. comparison than, than the Castlevania. That sips tea once in a while? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I think the worst would be Dr. Mario. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yes, I, sorry, like sorry. a hospital show <laughs> yeah that would be, <laughs> that would be kind of hilarious movie. actually <laughs> if you had like really just funny shorts of yeah. dr mario just Look, treating the people weird are, denizens yeah, of people the mushroom people are dying kingdom. and he's like oh no oh, 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 sorry poisoned um the the one everybody wants of course is the proper zelda and with like it's so hard i think that would be the high hardest spectacle to do. you know realistic like awesome creatures and stuff but that one is so difficult to get mm-hmm. right I think, I think i think that because you know everybody sort of has their own interpretation of link because link is essentially just a vessel for the player yeah. that it'd be so hard to please any audience to put him on screen and give him dialogue or give him a personality because somebody would feel alienated by it like that's yeah. not how he would be you know like mm-hmm. i think you just have I to make him that way you just have to make him so he doesn't talk and everybody else does how like, that would be so impossible in a two-hour film i mean the witcher barely talks yeah this is what i'm saying he the does witcher... say the f word a lot though which is cool so <laughs> yeah. maybe which like, just could the f word too. Yeah. Um, the witch, he, the witcher he has say, more lines. He could say hi Yeah, the witcher also does a lot of sex. Like, Are you thinking like, maybe, <laughs> oh, no. maybe Link should do a lot of sex? I'm I mean, confused. No. Maybe. Uh, hey, it's lonely out there that in that field. That one's tough to do, and I also think actually movies like Pikmin, like a movie based on Pikmin, would be difficult to do. Like those characters don't have that kind of that that love where people go, oh, I get it. This is Mario. I got to go see it. Or Sonic. Um, I think it's the Minions is literally like a billion dollar franchise about grunting little things. That's right. Don't speak. But it also came like there was an opening for a movie like that to come in and succeed. Um, Remember Shrek quietly went away and I try not to remember Shrek, my friend. you always struck me as a little Shrek like. I, I, like, I met someone you. recently. Sense of humor wise. And like, I, I met you know. someone recently whose favorite video game ever was the Shrek game on Shrek 2 on the PS2. Ex- oh, the, not the really? Xbox one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She said she played it 100%ed it multiple times. It was that the only video game she ever played? No. <laughs> That's a weird favorite. In my opinion, right? it's the like, best video game ever made. Best food I ever ate was out of this garbage, but it's also the oh only gosh. food I ever ate. You, by the way, do you get uh, a s- small uh, tangent, but do you guys know the best video game movies that aren't actually based on a video game? Wreck-It Ralph. Wreck-It Ralph. No. Train to Busan. That's the perfect Resident Evil movie. It's like a train oh. car infested by zombies yeah, after a train car. And each train car is a puzzle that they need to solve. Yeah. Uh, oh, and yeah. then the second one is The Raid, which is yeah. actually level-based. They're fighting themselves uh, <laughs> the Mandalorian up, up and down. video game Yeah. yeah. Well, that is very video get, like, ice missiles yeah. and upgrades. That's yeah. right. <laughs> he, goes, he goes and trades in the stuff. Right. Yeah. 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 All the time. yeah. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. He grinds for loot and yeah. gets upgraded. <laughs> That's pretty good. No, I think I agree with you guys. I think Metroid would make an awesome so Just one movie. long escort mission also. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Zelda would be the most difficult, the worst, uh, trying to make Mario Kart interesting. Actually, you know Mario, what? Mario, Mario Kart, Kart might be pretty fun, good. Actually. Mario Kart might be now pretty good. Now that they good. think about Ma- it, Mario cars, Party. Not, not that I love the cars. Mario movies, Party? They showed... They you know that you can do too. Mario I don't Party. know. There's actually a lot of potential in these Nintendo IPs. Yeah. A Mario Party movie sounds insane. Maybe if you shot it like that movie Game Night. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, gosh. I bet the Mario movie is going to have a Mario Kart sequence in it where they get into little carts. Maybe. Yeah. I guess we'll just have to wait until the Mario Party movie comes out and then we can talk about it. Not getting a Mario Party movie. How do you know? How do you know, Brian? Because it would be like 40 hours long. And, and you wait a lot for people to roll dice. You yeah. can get a drinking game. It'll be fine. I love if I, if you like went to buy tickets early for like the best seats, they'd be like, sorry, you didn't get them because somebody else landed on four spaces and they get the best seats and you get Brian's picked out of the theater. still salty about our life. Damn play. right. Um, but hey, Brian so we loses. got some good news that has nothing to do with Mario Party. Um, so earlier this week, Platinum uh, tweeted out hashtag Platinum 4 and a website and it's basically a series of challenges for Platinum Games. People were tweeting out about maybe a Dragon Guard 4, and my hopes were very quickly dashed because the first is not Dragon Guard. It is the launch of a wonderful 101 remastered Kickstarter campaign. Mm-hmm. And it has already reached more than a million. So mm-hmm. they've already reached their goals. And yeah, two million, we get a PS4 version, right? I think well, that's what yeah. the milestone was. Yeah. Or maybe a million was PS4 version. I think a million was PS4 version. We have the Switch, Steam, PS4 PC, versions. Plus the new time attack mode. 
Uh, I think it was 500k for PS4. Oh, really? Even better. A million right. was to um, do. Yeah. A check now. Yeah. A million was to do the content. Um, Regardless, wanna, yeah. Wonderful 101 is a very unique like character action game from a company that is known for making character action games. I think it's really exciting that this is coming to the Switch because it didn't really get a shot on the Wii U. Right. Yeah. And this is a Nintendo published game, so I do think that it's very interesting that Nintendo was like, you know what? Go ahead and put that on the PlayStation. All right. you know. Yeah, or go ahead and put that in Kickstarter. Yeah. So it's 50000 for a Switch version. If you're not familiar with Kickstarter, you basically pay for a project to be realized. There's a risk that it might not happen. I'm a super backer. I've backed many projects, and only one hasn't uh, come through, so it's, it's pretty safe. Call them out. What is it? It was this wooden dominoes game where the <laughs> creators just went quiet and oh. now have all nasty... Bad business reports. Mm. Anyway, 50000 for a Switch uh, version, 250000 for a Steam version, aggregate of people you know, uh, spending their money. You, you obviously get the game when you spend your money. Uh, 500000 for a PS4 version, $1 million for Time Attack, $1.5 for Lucas First Mission, a brand new 2D side-scrolling adventure, $1.75 for Remix Soundtrack. And they are at $1.3 already. Nice. Yeah, I, I will say the, the thing about Kickstarter that I think they changed in the last couple of years is watching the numbers sort of dynamic. Yeah go up Spin it is up. it's so cool to see uh-huh. um this is also really weird because i wonder if platinum went to nintendo and said can we have fifty thousand dollars to port this game to switch and they said no 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. this happened which is odd because I, I mean nintendo could have essentially bought uh exclusivity for this thing for 50k and instead they kind of usurped that and went to the crowdfunding route and now it's over at a million it's coming to steam ps4 i i don't know that i have a feeling platinum wanted to uh, wanted to retain the license and didn't want to give away another one. Because, um, you know, they, they see their future as being platform agnostic. Right. It, well, they, like, right? they earlier or late last year, I guess, they inked a deal with Tencent. Yeah. Um, and uh, that offered them the ability to also, they, they made this announcement that they also wanted to move into publishing. Mm-hmm. Right. right. So I think it's really interesting that rather than self-publish, they did a Kickstarter for this game. Mm-hmm. Um. It was. I. I do think it was born out of frustration that they couldn't get someone to back them and give them the funding to port this. Could yep. be. And then they said, "Well, let's try the fan route," and like that. That worked, which is astronomical because, like, I liked Wonderful One Hundred and One quite a bit. Uh, I think that it got pretty middling review scores, kind of across the board. But there's this weird, super dedicated Wonderful One Hundred and One fandom out there that I had no idea was the case. I'd yeah. give it a. I didn't know either. Anticipation rating. I'd give it a six out of ten. <laughs> For yeah. me, okay. Not that the game is a six out of ten, but like, Just like how I'm excited like, you I'm are. I'm not that excited to what replay it. What does that it? convert to on a scale of Altanos? Six Altanos. Out okay, of out of ten, Altanos. It's a lot. Yeah, okay. that's too much. Right now, it's a one. Mamma mia. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I I do appreciate how transparent they were on their Kickstarter about uh, the ten cent deal and like mm-hmm. like this had this was sort of like in the works. In the works that prior happened. to that. We yeah. don't have. We're not using that money for this. So thank you. Um, yeah, and I I kind of was like looking at this being like, wow, that's an insane amount of money for a game like you know the way you're describing Zach. It's sort of like. I didn't really think it had this passion of, adult, of an audience. And I was thinking, like, if they did a Kickstarter for Wind Waker on Switch, like, I'd drop like, 150 bucks in, in a half a oh, second. Oh, for the extra stuff? Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. they're like, oh, there's a new island and a hat or whatever. I'd be like, yeah, here's my money. <laughs> it, it is. I, I think Kickstarter is a kind of a cool model to gauge fan interest in, in a port because there's risk for a smaller studio mm-hmm. to port something and then it gets disappears into the eShop or, or whatever yeah. and like doesn't sell. And this basically, you know, gives you the confidence that the audience is there, gives you the money to port it. Um, I think it'd be a really cool model for some older games that might not be shoe in ports. For example, they made Mad World. Remember that game? Oh, yeah. Right? Like there oh, are yeah. all these games where you don't know if anybody's going to play them nowadays and they could gauge that. Yeah. I also, I do like the idea of Kickstarters for products that are already basically completed because the A, like turnaround times quicker and B, you know that you're actually getting something. Yeah. Like this game exists. It's finished. Yeah. I was going to say, speaking of turnaround time, like, that game is coming in April. Like they yeah. announced that Kickstarter, it yeah. got fully funded, and also like they're in the fine prints. Like, oh yeah, you'll have this game by April of yep. 2020, which like, makes me makes me think like it was ready to go already. Oh yeah, and they just it must have been. Um, I do sort of like ethically have some issue with like not not specifically this one, but it does feel odd to see like 
bigger and bigger companies right. adopting yeah. this uh, business model that was primarily built for independent content creators and, and game developers and musicians, artists and stuff like that. Um, I do like I do think that Nintendo couldn't come out and be like Wind Waker yeah. on well, Switch. Yeah, but in the same way, and Moo happens, the rest of right? the Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. And, and in the same way that yeah. in the same way that you've seen <laughs> oh <my> <laughs> crowdfunding platforms like um, Patreon move away from uh, focusing on a bajillion small money makers. Kickstarter has gone the same route in that they focus on their their foc- primary focus now is on like bigger campaigns, uh, fewer bigger campaigns. Right? Yeah. So in that regard, this kind of does make sense because it is like a mid tier company coming and saying like we don't have the the yeah. financial uh, we don't have the finances to make this happen on our own. We can't you know Nintendo doesn't want to partner, so like let's right. take it to the fans and see if they their the interest is. There. And it is in the spirit of Kickstarters, right? There are one product I backed, and our producer uh, Mr. Borba here did too. Is the Dark Tower um, project? It's a tabletop game with an electronic tower based on an old Milton Bradley game from the eighties that I own and love. And it's like it wouldn't have been possible for that concept to come back on its own. And so we're finding more Kickstarters um, where, especially tabletop companies, are adapting old games that are out of print and wouldn't come back and i i see these ports as something similar like if you don't want that game you don't have to back it right uh you can rely that people are super excited about we'll back it and then it'll find its way into the store no it's awesome it's cool how long before the wonderful 101 uh tabletop game that yeah. would have a lot of little here. miniatures. Yeah. 101 yeah. pieces. Yeah, yeah I mean, oh, to, to be clear, I have, I have like no moral objection with this Kickstarter specifically at this company. I just, do, or, I love it. I, yeah, I do, th- I do think it will reach a point where there will be pushback where bigger and bigger companies will attempt this. And like you just said, like Nintendo being like paywalling, getting the extra Pokemon would, would not go blow well. stuff up. That but Nintendo not. will never, a company like Nintendo will never need to do this. No. You know what I mean? Like Nintendo yeah. wouldn't even fathom starting a Kickstarter. Right. It is specifically for these like mid-level companies. I do think it's a little weird that like Tencent, the richest company in the world, you know, buys into Platinum, but Platinum still needs to do a Kickstarter for this. Right. You know, and then also put a disclaimer in there, like fine print that's like, by the way, this has nothing to do with Tencent. Yeah, there I mean, may maybe- have been a there may have been an exclusivity clause of some fashion where a non compete was in place where mm-hmm. they couldn't take Wonderful One on One to Xbox or PlayStation. Right, right. right. Or Tencent. Who no, knows? It, or maybe it does, they yeah. wanted to retain control of their property and maybe they their potential funders wanted them to do things with it that they didn't want to. Yeah, which I'm totally okay totally with. No, it does remind me of when Sony PlayStation had the Shenmue 3 announcement Kickstarter during their E3 press conference. That was weird. That which was is like weird. the amount of money that gets thrown in an E3 press conference in a booth. Could have funded that game, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and so, I, I mean, like ultimately fans got that game and I believe they're happy with it for the most part. Um, and so, yeah, it is, it's just an interesting conversation. I, I find it... I find it very fascinating how many bigger and bigger companies are jumping into the system. But what about the game itself? Which one? What do we feel about Wonderful 101? Oh, um, I mean, I did you like it? Not really. Honestly, to be totally you honest. You liked it. I like I like platinum games. I have a soft spot yeah, for yeah. platinum games and this is like a very like PG version of it's very different from a, like a Bayonetta or a Vanquish in that you control like an army of characters and it's like yeah I loved the idea of it and the look of it and then honestly playing it I didn't have that much fun Same but here. it sounds like they're they're kind of streamlining it too so yeah. they're spending time it's probably ported already they're spending time it, making it better it needs uh, a better tutorial for yeah. sure because like I think the biggest complaint that I heard about that game is that you don't know how to play it until you're about three quarters of the way the, into it like, the yeah. only time I ever played this I was it was actually a preview event for the Wii U. And wow. I, I know. And I had crazy. no idea what I was doing. Casey was 14. <laughs> yeah, it was so long ago. I tricked them into thinking I was of age. But um, it's not true. I was, I was 21. It was fine. Um, but we gave it originally a 7.4 by Wii, I mean IGN. And it was flawed but eminently likable. The Wonderful 101 is a charming, boisterous, and deceptively complex action game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, like looking forward to seeing it again. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, and so, I, I, I'll definitely give it another shot. Yeah, I think I will too. So look out for f- three more announcements from Platinum in the coming. I don't know. They weren't. I, I'm really assuming clear this is a run time. up to E3, right? Yeah. Like I, I'm guessing that these four announcements will drop. Like, do you think they'll all up. be Kickstarters or no? No, I don't think so. I, one of them's got to be Bayonetta three. One of them has to be mm-hmm. something about Bayonetta. Right. Like we haven't heard about that game in so long what if outside they, of the fact that like, Oh, still happening. But I mean, a release date would be a perfect announcement. What if for, they kickstart scale bound? Well, so there was talk about that this week. Like Microsoft even went on the record to say that they, they didn't have, I don't want to get it wrong. So I don't want to quote it, but mm-hmm. 
there was there was a lot of conversation about Scalebound coming back into the conversation as a platinum only thing and without Microsoft's involvement. Mm. Because right now, I think that's what what is holding up any further conversation is the fact that Microsoft Microsoft was paying platinum to build that game yeah and so microsoft own, maybe owns the rights to that ip they own the thrown away this isn't an xbox yeah. podcast i don't know no <laughs> no i mean I, I my hunch is that that they stopped bankrolling that game because they, the quality wasn't to the standard i mean mm-hmm. we saw it i saw it in osaka in 2015 and it was certainly like an interesting concept right but it, it, you know that game was supposed to come out i think six months after we were visiting and they would only show us the opening area and they wouldn't let us play it. And so like, we, yeah. why don't we, you go back to Osaka and check it out now? Yeah. Maybe I will. We'll check it we, out. Uh, we covered the rumor a couple of years ago on this show. Was it yeah. last year that it was no, we potentially did. coming to Switch? Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Um, I don't know. That, I'd be into that That's conversation a cool one. again. I will always entertain the rumors of Scalebound. And yeah. Uh, you can, you know why. Anyway, song for some quick news. <laughs> just wanted to go through <laughs> these, <laughs> just a little bit. Um, there is Saints Row 4 reelected is coming to the Nintendo Switch on March 27th. It's a current gen port of the 2013 game. It includes 25 pieces of DLC and it scored a 7.8. Some some ports some ports I understand. Wonderful 101 makes sense. Yeah. Some ports completely baffle me. Like, like why Saints Saints Row? It's one as hell. Popular open world game that can now easily run on the there, Switchy. There's a there's a GTA shaped hole on on the Switch's. Okay, yep. that's so, fair. Yeah. Okay, like this is the perfect opportunity for these guys to come in. Obviously, that means Saints Row Three is yeah, enough. You're right. Um, I'm absolutely I'm incorrect in this regard. You're you yeah, hit the nail. We on the head. finally established that. Yeah. Jeremy thinks it's uh, <laughs> wow <laughs> the best sandbox. You know, I, I got some secret sauce Time today. Out. Let me address this. Let me address this because like I. Several times I've gotten the comment in the comment section like, you know, it seems like Zach is like really rude to Pear. I think it's the other way around. Pear is constantly burning me on this show. And I just want to say that Pear is an old man that lives at the office. Hey, I just want to make sure that everybody knows this is not a thing. It's just a stupid joke. They're just always fighting. Both yeah, of you, no, I, both I of you saw, guys are old men I, that live, live at the office. I, he's right, he's I, right. I saw I saw that comment, and you know, like Zach's really mean. And I'm like, I, I I can make this much worse. Well, it used to happen. It used to happen to Jared Petty all the time on GameScoop, yeah. where they'd be like, everybody on the panel hates Jared Petty, and like, Greedy. it was so baffling. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, sorry. Anyway, all good. I digress. Yeah. I don't love him, but I tolerate him. Also, so Jared, <laughs> Zach. Oh. I think that's his name, Zach. Zach? Zachary? Zach Ryan. <laughs> good, 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 good. Um, Keep going. Don't let us derail you. So you can look for this later this week. I did a full unboxing of the Pokemon Center uh, Bear Walker skateboard. It's a collaboration between those two companies. That skateboard is awesome. I opened it up in the office. A huge crowd. I think there's a collection around. Them, right? There is. Yeah. So mm. it's a Pikachu one. And then there's also going to be Gengar, Gyarados, Charizard, and Mewtwo. And these things are amazing. They are carved wooden skateboards. They don't have um, deck tape because the wood carving makes it so that you grip onto it without it. It is honestly a work of art. It is beautiful. People couldn't stop touching it, but no one would stand on it because it was too pretty. Mm-hmm. Aww. <laughs> Casey's going to learn to do a kickflip. I, th- I don't think these, these boards are specifically for, I, I don't know, can you do that on a longboard? On a cruiser? Yeah, that's not how that works. Yeah, I you don't have think to have so. big calves. You go. You, you, you can. <laughs> big, big, strong calves. You go, to, you go to Tony Hawk's house and tell him you can't do a kickflip on a longboard. You Tony Hawk will laugh in your face. Do I look like Tony face. Hawk to you? <laughs> not really. No. He had to think about it. <laughs> no. And next, so you can look up for a full unboxing of that an article later this week, but. We've already covered this a little bit. I'm sure everyone listening or watching this already knows, but there's an Animal Crossing Switch special edition. Whoo, baby. And from Joshua Oxman, he wants to know, will you trade in your current Switch for the new Animal Crossing Switch? And will you give Tom Nook your sweet, sweet money? <laughs> he doesn't need it. I've been in a glass cage of emotion about this particular it's been Switch. A saga. Yeah. So to be completely honest, I would have just bought the Joy-Con because I like the minty fresh toothpaste Joy-Con. Right. Shock. <laughs> um, I like the dock. So do you want to work out a deal? Because I don't Ooh. want the I don't want the minty fresh Joy-Con. I just want the dock. The dock. Are you serious? Yeah. Maybe we'll have to team up. Anyway, in Japan, they sell the Joy-Con separately, but only through a Nintendo store and service. So I don't know if I can get them. And so I kind of parked my money on the special edition because you don't, um, have, a, you don't have a man in Japan. 
have a, a daughter in Japan, but like it's it, there's no guarantee that you can get through. Like some uh, of that stuff gets back ordered and then just disappears. No, then, I want to I want to put an yeah. offer on the table for either you or like an NVC fan that I will trade my regular Switch and some cash for your Animal Crossing dock. Not my regular Switch, my no, regular dock. There you go. Yeah, oh. I don't want to trade a system for a dock and just have two docks. But see, I don't want. I don't want to have to buy the system and then get some janky ass dock. That doesn't sound like a good deal. It's not janky. It's beautiful. Like, wait, you are making somebody else pay and then you get the. There is somebody listening to the show who wants the Animal Crossing Switch, but they don't want the dock. And they, so I want to work. And they want that. a regular dock. Yeah, I'll, like I'll an old scratched dock. up, so like Rhino panel dock. It's not scratched. Okay. It's beautiful. This sounds. I thought we were going to go console that gets scratched. I thought we were going to go like half seas on it, and I get the Joy-Con and. Why would I pay $150 for a dock with stickers on it? Well, you get the you get the main unit too. Long battery life switch. Oh, I get the main unit too. Yeah. So wait, that means you're Oh, I'm he getting a He just deal. wants the Joy-Con. Yeah. I'm getting a very good deal. Mm, I have to think this through. They'll figure no, it out. you already committed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when but I this, get the HDMI cable. No, okay. When this when this was announced, just like <laughs> when this was announced, our office it was like that that GIF where it was like, oh, it's happening. Yeah. Okay, nobody panic. It was like everybody was losing their minds. And like I like Animal Crossing quite a bit, and uh, I I I have looked at this switch so much, and then. You know, we have our IGN deals account, and Seth from our IGN deals account was like, "Okay, it's back on sale. It's not sold out." And I bought one, I pre-ordered one, and then I canceled my pre-order because I was like, "I don't need to spend three hundred dollars on this. My yeah. switch yeah. sits behind my TV, and I barely ever use it in handheld Fair mode." Enough. So, like, yeah, yeah, but it's a very pretty looking switch. It's cool, and it's sold out fast. Yeah. We uh, we we have this IGN deal Twitter account. The moment we put it up, boom, it was gone again. Yeah. So it's part uh, of the fault. It might come so, back. So part of it, I'm going to keep my pre-order regardless until I know what's what. And mm-hmm. I'm going to well, what, what try and get the can, Japanese. I don't know. Program. You can always keep it. And then if you decide nice last minute that you don't want it, you could be that savior who resells it at cost to someone who really wants it and didn't get the chance to buy it. That's true. Yeah, that'd a be good a, scalper. That'd be a yeah. nice a, thing a nice to do. Scalper. <laughs> nice. I, did, yeah. I did that with my Monster Hunter 3DS because I brought both the special Monster Hunter edition and the Majora's Mask edition because mm. I couldn't make a decision at that moment. Then I sold it at cost. Yeah, yeah. And it was, I feel like I have okay, okay karma from that. Anyway, it <laughs> it looks good. The if you didn't if you didn't actually look at the back, it has a uh, themed back plate. Yeah, so it's, cool. it's not a standard switch like uh, the ones that only came out in Japan. It has some it has uh, some texture and figures. Any on it. excuse to flex this Dragon Quest switch? No, no, because right. that but because it is that really hasn't pretty. happened in the U.S. yet. They yeah. did it with mm-hmm. Disney and with Dragon Quest in Japan. We have. Do you have the Disney yet. one too? So you have yeah. the Tsum one too? I may have that. He, yes, of course he does. So, moving on. Sakurai also thinks there are too many Fire Emblem characters in Smash. Um, as posted by Ryo <laughs> Well, it's a little late now. <laughs> it is. Um, a column in Japanese magazine, Famitsu, um, he discussed the current situation, as you put it, with Super Smash Bros. Ultimate's character roster. He said, I know it as well. There are too many Fire Emblem characters and too many swordsmen, but when something's decided, I move ahead with it. It's, <laughs> I read like that Eric Andre meme where he's shooting Hannibal Burris and it's like, who, who shot this guy? I read the, I read the quotes uh, from Famitsu and it's like, it's obvious even Famitsu <laughs> thought, wow, he's being way too frank here. Like the, the editor had a comment at the bottom. He said something like, I laughed at this, but I was wondering is Sakurai doing what he loves doing? Or, right. Like, does he actually want to make this game? Like, it, he says these things going like, yeah, you know, like, I don't get to pick my personal favorites. Nintendo tells me what to do and I fall in line. Like, yeah, that's I mean, that, that's like. the thing that he said in this interview as well. He's like, look, yeah. I, you know, I don't pick these characters. Like, Nintendo just tells me what to make and I, that's my job, so I make it. I mean, he's probably out of characters to pick, right? Like, all of his favorites are probably in this game because he had that decision-making yeah. power for many, many years. And, you know... There are too many Fire Emblem characters. Yep. I think we all agree. Yeah. We can all agree on at least that one good. thing. So there are new games out this week, not another Fire Emblem. But let me guys, let me know if any of you guys have any comments on any mm-hmm. of these. Um, Tom Marks, who's not on the show, was nice enough to fill this out for me and give me some descriptions so I can share them all with you. Um, first up is the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance Tactics out on February 4th for $20. Uh, I bought that. Pear bought that. Bad news. Bad news. <laughs> I, uh, IGN gave it a five. Yeah, so I can see why, but I, I, I'm going to stick with it for a while. It okay. feels like it's like Tactics Ogre, Final Fantasy Tactics, like kind of, it's not isometric, but isometric kind of viewpoint, not top down like Fire Emblem um, game. 
uh, where you move specific units and attack the opponents and you upgrade your characters. It looks pretty. It's based on a really great Netflix Dark Crystal show. I'm a big fan of the original movie. I enjoyed the show. I thought it was really good. Um, some of some of that appeal is lost because you're going from Jim Henson, you know, puppets to uh, a fairly generic looking game with characters. The problem is the interface in this game, and like when you play a game like Fire Emblem, you don't realize all the the evolution and the thought process that went into it. You pick a character and you can just drag the path and and hit the button, and when you're next to an opponent, it auto selects attack. It becomes this really fast flow and makes it easy. In this game, it's like you click on a character and a ring command opens up, and you have to manually select move. Then the tiles light up. Mm. Then you move into it and you hit the button again. Then you hit the button to open the ring command. Then you select attack from the ring command. It's just very cumbersome. Right. And like with a little bit more thought put into it, it would have felt better. Now that said, the like it looks nice, it sounds good. Yes, the Chamberlain is in it is in it, makes this horrible whining like noises and all that. And so I'm gonna stick with it, play it a little bit more, but right off the bat, the interface I, I hope they patch it and just make it easier. Does it follow the story of the Netflix series? It exactly. Ugh. So it follows the story exactly. So, you know, some people might be hoping for something original and new. Um, So, uh, but, you know, it it tells the story with little just kind of pop-up stills and text and stuff. So this might be a weird question, but uh, when you boot up the game, do you see a Netflix splash screen? Oh, I don't remember that. Really? Because I'm curious if this is like the same deal as the Stranger Things yeah, game yeah. from last no, year. You know, like if it's a Netflix tie-in thing. There was definitely. I mean, it's obviously like, it is. There but, are now yeah. multiple Netflix games on Switch, and no Netflix on yeah, Switch. Yeah, what is up? Yeah, we'll, we'll have that comment. It did have the Netflix <laughs> endlessly logo in the frustrating. It did. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. I would yeah. love Netflix on my Switch. Anyway, so, it's not. I'm I'm not ready to call it a complete dud yet. Okay. But yeah, the interface stuff is kind of hard to overcome. We will revisit this topic mm-hmm. next week. Um, also out this week on the fourth for fifty dollars is Monster Energy Supercross, the official video game three. <laughs> Finally, uh, third Tom, game. Tom just left this note in all caps. I have no idea. And I agree <laughs> with you. But Luke in our from our Australia office actually gave it a seven, which means it's good. Yeah, this so, completes the storyline from the last two. I couldn't. <laughs> Look, you really got to play those first two this, uh, this, Monster Energy Supercross games yeah, before you get into it. You got a flat tire at the end of the last game, and this picks up right, right. where it's at. There, there actually, there's a surprising amount of really good motorcycle and, and cross uh, motocross games. You so know. what is this game? Like a Trials kind of thing? Okay. Yeah. No, more, not, not, not like downhill. Um, yeah, that's what they sound like. <laughs> yeah. You do that noise again? No. Just kidding. Don't. No, and I'm self Somebody clip that out. I'm going to do that for <laughs> somebody, the entire next out. episode. Um, so, but but, they, but there have been a, a couple of these that are quality stuff, and and Luke knows his stuff, so um, I'm still not going to play it. I just had the most <laughs> stupid revelation. No. I'm share it with you all. I just realized why Disney's Motocross is named that. <laughs> because it's a motocross film. Yeah, about um, a girl who dresses up as a guy to be able to compete because they don't allow women. Ah, well, that's a you got clever it's, title. I got you there. Got there. Yeah. I t- I was, it took you. It took you nineteen years, I but was, you figured it out. I was eleven when it came out, and I thought, I was like, "Oh, motocross. Yeah, that makes sense. They're doing the motocrossing. They think, have motocross. I think the problem with motocross is that there are too many. We keep saying that word. No, there are too many bikes and not enough knights <laughs> in it. You're saying motocross. No. This is a world record for the amount of time. Past tense of motocross. They have motocrossed, (laughs) in fact. Like, maybe they will motocross in nights and bikes also out on the 6th. That's right. This Um, game is finally out. I can't believe it. We have had this game at every live show for, like, E3 and Gamescom. Since I've been at IGN, I feel like, yeah, this game has been such a long time coming. I'm glad that it's out and that it's good. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, Tom also likes it, and he says it's a really lovely co-op story adventure game about two little kid friends exploring an island for treasure. Shocking that Tom Sounds would call something very lovely. bow tied yeah. to me, but I'll, it's a I'll lovely game. <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> Goodness, that's how you use the show every week. Just helicopters out. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> um, also out this week on the six for seventeen dollars is Kunai, which is a very stylish and cool action platformer. Uh, Tom played it at E three and really dug it. Any. Uh, I just I know that kunai are the knives. Yeah, I remember seeing this at E3, pokey. and uh, yeah, I, I didn't get to play it, but I think it's cool. <laughs> cool looking game. And lastly, we have the Turing Test out on the 7th. Uh, it got, it's for $20, and we reviewed it, and it got a 7. It's a first-person puzzler in space, but it's very well-reviewed on Steam. Nice. 
Turing test is the name of a game that I've heard many times, is, but I don't know anything about. Love a good puzzler. Is, is, yeah, is, puzzler. is the Turing test the, the robot? The robot test is that what that test is? Turing <laughs> test is well, not spelled like this. No, is uh, from World War World War One, right? Uh, World War Two. Sorry. Hold on a second. We're going to figure death. it out. Methods of... No, this, yeah, yeah. This is from Alan Turing. That's <laughs> yeah. right. This is the whole, like, uh, yeah, is decrypting the Nazi yeah. Enigma machine yeah. thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Turing test. I totally yeah. got that. Sorry, I, I could have answered this question, like but it. I was laughing about the word puzzler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Puzzlers. So we've already talked about Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance tactics a little bit. What else is everyone playing this week? Um, I started Kentucky Route Zero uh, after last week's show. I played the first chapter, uh, just the first chapter, which is about an hour and a half. But man, I'm super into that game. It is beautiful and weird, and I'm really interested in playing through the rest of that. Sweet. Yep. What about you, Brian? Uh, just Bloodborne on PS4. Yeah. Again? Yeah. Wow. I, I don't, I'm in like a weird January, February I'm also playing Bloodborne. I just want to fight those monsters. Yeah. yeah, beat up those wolves and such. You know. Uh, well, I'm I'm playing Monster Hunter, so you know what? I can't say We're all anything. really doing our thing, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was traveling a ton, and I played Grindstone on my, oh, my iPhone. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so good. Grindstone's it's, great. Oh, I just can't stop playing it. I so I spent a lot of time on it. I, I had my Switch with me, but I kept on playing Grindstone and not, not getting my happen. Switch out. And then obviously Dark Crystal, and I'll, I'll report back on how that's shaping up. Uh, I'm also still playing Smash. Quite heavily. Yep. I also started Thronebreaker, The Witcher Tales. We talked about that a lot last week, so I won't get into it, but I'm really liking it a lot. There are so many RPG systems... And I made a choice last night that made me really upset. I had to oh, put it down. Wow. You, you have to you have to make decisions that have consequences. And I oh. was like, oh, yeah, this seems fine. And the outcome was way worse than what I thought it was. But that's like the Witcher side story sometimes. Yeah. You're like, oh, no, I didn't mean that. Yeah, and I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. I, she's like, I, <sighs> I just... I'm so flabbergasted at how terrible it was. Well, what, maybe this outcome? game is yeah, not for you. Yeah, what the outcome you. was... I just have to live with it. That sounds kind of cool. I maybe I should okay. try it. I got to get over my my dislike of card based RPGs. Yeah, I have too much empathy or for Gwent zeros and ones in video games. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard. Love cool. to see the numbers go up. And now it's time for Zach's favorite game. Question, question block. block. We're doing oh, it. I Answering questions. Um, I also wanted to take a moment to thank our assistant, Logan Plant. Thank you so much for your help so far with everything. He's been helping with the run of show and putting the show together and inserting um, those ads you've been hearing for us so we don't have to do it. So thank you so much. We really appreciate it. What a champ. Thank Um, you. See, that's how you do a moment, Pear. I thought that was... You let it breathe and all that, you know? Yeah. Give the guy some love and they just appreciate it. Okay. Don't steal it out of the air from him. I can't can't figure that out. (laughs) So this first question is from Brenton Belcher and he says, Honk, the goose from Untitled Goose Game just showed up at the IGN office to terrorize the unsuspecting NVC crew. What does the goose steal from each member of the podcast? Each member of the podcast has to answer for another. So you can't choose what the goose would steal from yourself. Okay. Each member of the podcast has to answer for another. Mm hmm. Okay. All right. What is it still from Zach? <laughs> okay. Go from ahead. Zach, it would steal one ridiculously oversized sweatshirt. I don't think it's that. It's, why are you so mean to Zach? There? Wait, you don't have anything. <laughs> oh, no. Look you don't have anything at your do? desk. Well, maybe your yeah. old Ubisoft access card or something. <laughs> I quit. <No. laughs> I quit the show. I quit the show. Somebody, I quit the office. There's like a it. tent on the floor. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Balloon crack. Do you don't think Ubisoft access card is a good one? That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. His, yeah. I don't yeah, think you can know. get back in there with we'll that. We'll leave that one. Fine. From, from Brian, it would be all the Boba Fetts. Those are Max's. No, oh, those are Max's? Well, yeah, I don't care. Sorry, Brian. The toys on his side of the desk. Yeah, I got plenty of toys on my side of the desk. What do you Brian's guys been he, rocking this hat a lot lately. I think the goose would steal the hat. You yep. can steal the hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't yeah. have hair, so I got bored. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, same thing today? All right. It's like, well, I got to do something. I'm like, what? It's either that or a skull tattoo, yeah. which land me right in the slammer. Oh, yeah. No, don't do that. From uh, Borba. In the slammer. <laughs> well, from Pear, they'd all... They got to steal Joy-Con. Oh, or what about, what about oh. his Amiibo? Oh not. Yeah. No, he knows. He knows instantly mm-hmm. if somebody takes an amiibo from yeah. him. He knows. Yeah, instantly. it's pretty. It's pretty true. It's, it's like when you take something out of the, one of those hotel fridges and they immediately try to charge you. Like he knows. Like, <laughs> amiibo sense. He'll be like, "Who took my box boy?" And you're like, "How did he 
you know that? Yeah. <laughs> well, usually people don't steal them. It's just Sam adds that stupid fried potato thing, like that weird chicken McNugget guy. Mm. Oh yeah, he adds them in some <laughs> row, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, the chicken McNugget Happy Meal toy with yeah. the, I So like, I have a long, like a long term game of hiding stuff on people's desks. Like I like to find little things. That, like I put like a bunch of dragons on your desk so, for a long time, yeah, and like I've hid stuff in between all your action yep. figures yep. and stuff. He puts but, gross like, stuffed animals on Miranda's desk. Yeah, and like uh, I, I'll put stuff in pairs <laughs> like creepy. in it's like with when pairs e. of amiibos. Yeah. I'll put stuff w- in with pairs of amiibo and be like, I wonder how long it will take him to notice. And literally half an hour later, I'll yeah. walk by and he'll have removed it. And it's like, <laughs> how closely are you watching this? Like, like the, yeah. I'm like the farmer in Goose Game. It's true. Walks up, you have a ca- mm-hmm. you have a camera on it, don't you? No. Connected to your phone. No, that's, that's, that's the notification he's getting yeah. before the show. He's like, somebody's touching my amiibo. Absolutely. <laughs> for, for Casey, I think the goose would steal the whiteboard. Or I was gonna say like her keyboard, which make it really hard to write out those wikis. Well, you have a bunch of like pretty like nice Monster Hunter stuff, right? That's yeah. gone like moved around or missing. Didn't Zach yeah. move some of it around? No, he's he added dragons that oh. were not Monster Hunter yeah. monsters. Right. <laughs> All the same to me, to be honest. I mean, <laughs> I feel like when that whiteboard is gone, you're screwed. Yeah, no, yeah. we would have no. I don't know how a goose would carry the whiteboard. Though. There are not a lot of people who have whiteboards, but mm-hmm. Casey and Janet have one. He just basically drags it slowly to a river. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what he would do. <laughs> just like throw it down the stairs. Yeah, it breaks. And then we had a, it's so the whiteboard they're talking about is a list of all of our freelancers and what they're working on, and then a release date calendar for all of the games coming out. So like we look at that every day to be like, all right, this is what we have to follow up on today. So if the goose took that, yeah, you mean. Up the proverbial. We'd have freedom. to redo everything. <sighs> All right. What else you got? This next one is from Jell Madonado, and he says, "I understand Animal Crossing won't have cloud saves, but a save transfer would work. Will my wife be able to play Animal Crossing on the home switch on her profile without issues with my profile on the Switch Lite when I transfer save data back over? Just as a reference, my Switch Lite is the primary switch, and I would most likely buy the digital version of the Animal Crossing." Ooh, this is a this is a this is like a brain tweezer, right? These are, these so are always brain. Wait, I said right tweezer. now. You also right? called this man Jell. No, you also right called now him the gel. Leap is that save transfers would not work. <laughs> so we don't know it. We don't know yet. Yeah. But like the word is now that there was a sticker on the back mm-hmm. of the German box, I believe, that said you cannot transfer your save. But right. How do you say, because they how do you know, say save transfers in German? Uh, so did know. you read the original German? <laughs> Speicher transfer. Huh? Did you read No, German? no, okay. I saw a translation of it. Because it might have been a mistranslation? Oh, maybe. I will look at the German. If you have the German box, I'll look at it. I don't know. Um, but like it's it's Nintendo does that when they're worried about um, uh, people trying to game the system, duplicating items, cheating. You know, through clock cheats, you can obviously get a ton of stuff in Animal clock Crossing. Mm-hmm. Clock cheating. <laughs> it's called time traveling. I like that you oh, call time it tra- clock cheating. Oh, in German, it's clock cheats. Clock cheating. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, because Pokemon was one of those games that was like tied to the system, but you could transfer from a light back and forth. You could basically yes. take the soul. You of just it. had to have it yeah. physical. Next to each other. But actually, now that I'm reading reading more about this, this might not actually be the case. I think you can try. It's if, the entire. It's the entire island is the save data. Yes. Uh, I mean, wouldn't w- could you circumvent this by buying two copies of the game and each of you having your own copy? Like, yeah, but then I think that's what sh- then I think that's what it's got to be. But, but then, then you like, wouldn't share one, the island. Then you yeah, have two yeah, yeah. distinct islands. You have to visit each other's yeah. islands, which you can do. Yeah. But um, which honestly, I don't know. You're married. Just, you guys yeah, probably like build your island identity. This yeah. game has some. This game has some weird limitations, and yeah. I think it's partially based on Nintendo being fearful that people are going to game the system and unlock stuff that they don't want them to unlock and duplicate stuff and all of that. Right. Maybe mess with the economy. I don't think it's going to have a paid economy. But who, you do insider, who insider trading on those turnips. That's right. <laughs> uh, I think partially it's fear of that, and then I think the save file is probably pretty gnarly too. It's probably big, and they don't mm. want to have to deal with. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine if you separate the save data and then you do stuff on the island and she does stuff on the island, you come back and try to put it together, it's not going to match up. Right. It, it won't so let, I don't think it would work. No, it yeah, won't like let him. If she chops down a tree that still exists in your world, like you create a paradox yeah, and you're then you opening, get sucked into the Animal Crossing world and have to pay your debt to Tomna forever. You're, you're opening a multiverse. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, that's it. Yeah. It, it never leads to anything good. One one universe will have like zeppelins and the other one won't yeah it'll you're be, meeting yourself it'll be terrible your timeline don't do it no uh, from the from the sound of it it doesn't sound like that's possible there may be the kind of one-time whole system transfer yes. the old method which is awful yeah um, but there are no cloud saves with this thing so 
Yeah. So yeah. So that's gonna, that's like a, I don't know. That's like a big debate for me now of like which system I'm going to mm-hmm. put that thing on permanently, my Switch Lite or my regular Switch. Yeah. Like I don't I don't well, want to. Well, you said it's a handheld game, so you can put it on your Switch Lite. Well, do you want to share do you want to share the world with your wife or do you want to have your own? I want to have my own. Will your wife <laughs> I already share the oh. world with my wife. <laughs> oh. What about your daughter? How old is she now? She's too young to play Animal Crossing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There'll be like two new Animal Crossings by the time she'll want to play. Yeah. Animal She's Crossing. old enough to have skipped both Frozen movies, which I'm ecstatic about. Oh, that's great. Yeah. There'll be a third one. I don't have the to hear it. The second one wasn't anymore. good. Okay. That's not that's true. Your daughter's only like a year and a half old, right? Two years old? Yeah. But yeah, Frozen doesn't really hit until like three. Yeah, but they're, 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 they'll be on a, kids will be on a other stuff by then, I hope. Well, I'm good, saying like, like she's, not, she's not around as those movies are hitting theaters. Yeah. It's, no, it's yeah. good news that movies... Not on my watch. That movies <laughs> stop to exist the moment they hit theaters. So there's, you're probably really safe there. Can you let block go, movies on Disney Plus? I was going to say no. the same thing. What were you going to say? Let it go. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh the next one is from Luis Martinez. He says, if you were to meet with someone in the video game industry for an evening where Hello. you can chat and ask whatever you want, what person would that be? For in the industry? Uh, if that person would actually answer? Yeah. Gabe Newell. I, I want to figure this Half-Life thing out. I really don't understand it. Like, how do you, like, as a creative person, when you create something that is so beloved, how do you not want to continue it in... Some fashion. I know there's a VR game and, you know, obviously we've got Portal, but like the core Half-Life universe, it just feels so wrong, especially when you're making bank with that giant Steam store. That's exactly I want to know. Because that's why. Yeah. No, but I think about how many developers love Half-Life and got into the business of creating video games because of Half-Life. There's so many people who would love to pick up that torch and it just feels like we're doing VR games with it. (laughs) I like VR. Yeah, yeah, that would be an interesting one. I think I'd probably, I think I'd probably choose like Reggie. I'd really love to know about like kicking ass specifically around the the crazy ideation, like what what it was like to work behind the scenes when the Wii was being prototyped and tested, and like mm-hmm. the way that motion controls weren't really a thing prior to that how they decided upon that, like what that was like, what the conversations were after the tremendous success, like what, you know, like what the vibe was there. Like, I think that'd be really interesting that could be to cool. talk to Nintendo of America about. Um, and then I also, um, I'd also like to talk to Takashi Tezuka um, because he directed like a majority of my favorite games of all time. Um, he's a very quiet man. Yeah. And he's also so understated, you know, like I, I think that he's, sort of the unsung hero to Miyamoto's brilliance, but like Tezuka is like the guy that made those games happen, you know, from Miyamoto's concepts. I think that'd be really cool. Um, Gunpei Yokoi Mm. passed away a long time ago, but he created the The Game Boy and the Game Boy Mm -hmm. and like was instrumental in Metroid and Mm -hmm. uh, Kid Icarus, the Virtual Boy. Like Mm -hmm. there's, there's like, there was so much there, so much, so much of what Nintendo is today is, mm-hmm. is because of that one man. And um, yeah, we he, we lost him way too soon, and it would be fascinating to have one of those like, yeah, you know, just incredible long conversations with him to find out what it was like to be instrumental to all those things mm-hmm. at the time. I I have an obvious answer, but um, either Sakurai or Junichi Masuda, mostly. So Masuda is. Um, really has been a part of Pokemon. Yeah, he's for, like Mr. Pokemon. Forever. Yeah. And I am incredibly interested if he actually thought this would that series would go as far as it has. And if he still genuinely has passion for it and why he made some of the decisions he has from then to now. Mm-hmm. Um I'm I'm just kinda You've met him before, right? I have and yeah. I, but there's always a, a barrier when you're meeting sure, someone of to ask questions yeah. as the press. Like you never really know if there are some questions that are very obviously off limits mm-hmm. and I would like to just have a totally candid conversation with, um, Masada about, about the series and about Pokemon mm-hmm. and get truly honest answers mm-hmm. about whatever I have to ask. Yeah. The reason, the reason I didn't say Miyamoto was cause I had that already. Yeah. Like a 30 minute conversation with him. And at the end of it, I got to, I got to say, like, I made him laugh. I said something stupid that made him laugh. And I was like, Hey, I just want to say like, it means the world to make you laugh. Cause you've been putting a smile on my face ever since I was Aww. a little kid. It's like the, one of those things. It's like, I could think everything could go bad from here. Yeah. And I'd be like, well, I still, yeah, I, I've had an opportunity to meet him a couple of times too. Yeah. He's, he's like magical. A super cool dude. Yeah. This yep. Incredible, incredible mm-hmm. guy. So I want to do one more question. Uh, this one is from 
uh, Brett Stockmeyer, and he says a wizard grants oh, here you we go. one of Link's items from throughout the Zelda franchise, as well as the skill to use it without hurting yourself or dying accidentally. Thank you for that caveat, because that is something I would question. Yeah, me too. Um, he asks, what do you take? Oh, man. Can I answer this? Yes. Yeah. The Ocarina of Time. Right? The Ocarina, man. You can do all sorts of stuff. You can slow down time. You can travel back three days. And basically, you can play. Like, I would travel back and buy Tesla stock right now. <gasps> because there's like you, a, what, you, Tesla stock from three days ago? Yeah, it was like 600. Now it's 900. Wow. Yeah. And I'll do that like 20 times. Mm. Dawn of the first day. Uh-huh. You give me some of that stock. <laughs> and then, you know, wait a little bit. You're going to sure. be. You're gonna oh, be wait. Like, no, I lose all the money when I travel lose, back. Yeah, you yeah, have yeah, to yeah, deposit it in gone. some kind of time yeah. travel bank. Okay, I have to bring back a lot of money then. Somehow. Only certain items carry over in Ocarina. Sell all those switches. Yeah. You okay. just, you, I figure it out, but I still want the Ocarina. Also, there are other songs that let me bring out mm-hmm. the sunshine and all of that. Mm-hmm. Rain. Make it rain. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. I'll be all powerful. Yeah. Have a problem with your crops? I'll make it rain. That's a much better answer. That's a much better answer than I was going to go with. We're going to say Rock's Feather. Do a good job. Just hook shot. Just think it'd be funny to hook shot to stuff. That's double like, hook shots a good one. That'd be pretty cool. Good. Yeah, you could double hook shot. You get like Spider-Man. You get, you get arrested super fast. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Spider-Man. So fast, yeah. Hey, you can't do that. That's illegal. Yeah. yeah. What uh, would like, you pick? The boomerang's an awesome one because it's it sort of like functions like the hook shot, except you could just buy a boomerang. Those things are but real, it but it doesn't have the same up. thing. Yeah, it won't like get stuff from me. Okay, that's you fair. have like you're undermining how extremely lazy I am. <laughs> no, I mean that, that I feel like there's like that hypothetical of like, oh, what would you do if you had the force? And anytime anybody has ever asked me that, it's just like. I just pick stuff up from yeah. across the room. What about <laughs> like, like <laughs> when your phone's like on your yeah. table and you're like, Ugh. what about yeah. the leaf though? The leaf is basically a better hook shot. You can use the updrafts to fly over the bay. Oh, and- oh. yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I die a lot with that thing, though. But, but no, you have you skill, and you won't you die accidentally. True. What about you, Case? I, I have to agree with the Ogrina. Yeah, I mean, right. now it's just so so powerful. You find a stock that's raised like fifteen percent in a day, and it's like, all right. I'm I can't believe you guys would just go straight up Back to the Future too with this thing. Yeah, for sure. It's almanac. I am busy. Yeah, I see but you it's on only the three days. How much? Okay, look, it's scary. But how much can you actually mess up in three days, right? And if you can infinitely go back, you ever seen blank challenge accepted? Let's see. Let's see how much we can ruin in three mm-hmm. days. But if you ruin it, you just go back. Yeah. Fine. There would be a good Zelda video game movie where somebody just in modern times finds the ocarina. That sounds like a terrible movie. That would be so awesome. I think it'd be funny. It'd be, it might be good. It might be fine. It I don't would, know. It, it could start your favorite Disney Channel personality. Okay. You lost me. I'm... T- you. I don't... I, I'm just, I'm just make, trying to make you sad. I'm trying to think of Disney yeah. personalities. I don't... Shia LaBeouf? <laughs> no, he's like f- 54 years old. What if he's my favorite Disney personality? Yeah. Okay, well, that would be weird. <laughs> I think it'd also be fun to turn into a wolf for an afternoon. It would be. <laughs> really? <laughs> You'd probably get shot really fast. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what if you're a nice wolf? Yeah. Brown. Wolf. <laughs> in the zoo. No, I, you- I think if, if like the Twilight Princess wolf showed up in our office and was obviously not violent... We'd probably, I don't know, give it pets and stuff. It'd be fine. I, w- I would be, r- I would run away screaming. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And it has Please, an earring, too. just yeah. showed up in our office. It was, the, it was a link wolf. Like, Hair brings his dog to work that's named after that character, and I'm apprehensive. My dog's name is Midna. Link Wolf? Midna. Oh, I see. <laughs> I thought I had a Link Wolf I didn't know about. Wolf Link. Midna. Give it time. Wolf Link. Uh, that's wolf a really wolf good question. Yeah. There are a lot of um, wizards in NVC land. Yeah. yeah. Sure. I, guess I like the goose approach better. The goose shows up and takes <laughs> something with this wizard always comes Don't back. encourage. We had a pixie question too, but we didn't get to that one. Maybe another time. But anyway, thank you so much for watching and or listening. Remember, you can always tune in on YouTube or IGN.com or Spotify or any of your preferred podcasting platforms. And remember, NVC is the only place you can get, get the, the thing. thing.